Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. For listening to the podcast, and today we are going to talk about hospitality, which as most of the listeners will know, is a very biblical topic and Christian concept. And in scripture, believers are commanded to show hospitality both to one another and to strangers. So today we want to talk about this topic um, regarding both the heart behind it and um, practicals. So to help me with that, I have Veronica Douglas and Elizabeth Pluniak and Emily Eisenhart. So can each of you introduce yourselves? Veronica, I'll let you start. Hi, my name is Veronica Douglas, and I am from Venezuela. I've been going to Cornerstone for 10 years. I've been in Knoxville for 25. I have a dear husband of 37 years and uh, three children that live here in Knoxville with us. Elizabeth? Hi, I'm Elizabeth Pluniak, and I have been a part of Cornerstone now since I was 16, so 23 years, and I love it there. Um, My husband is Mike, and we have five school-aged children, and we're just having a lot of fun. Emily? I am Emily Eisenhart, and I am currently single. I have lived in Knoxville for about 13 years and have been attending Cornerstone for about that same time. And what do you do? I also work as a counselor. Um, Veronica, will you share your testimony with us? Sure can. Well, first of all, I came to know the Lord when I was 19 years of age. I was a former nominal Catholic, so I wasn't really a practicing Catholic, but that was my background. And um, I was pretty much walking in rebellion and in sin towards the Lord, but by His grace, He convicted my heart. And He did it through a dear friend from high school who uh, she got saved before I did. And she kept telling me about God, this wonderful God, and um, inspired my curiosity to find out more about him. But after we graduated from high school, we both went to the United States, and Maria kept sending me tracts and um, writing faithfully to me. Um, After we finished our time in the States, we came back to Venezuela, and while I was there, she visited me and brought me a a magazine from Time Magazine. It was uh, an article about the Shroud of Turin. And after reading that, talked about the science of the images and that it was blood. And for some reason, that just impacted my soul uh, of the fact that Jesus died for me. Even though I've known about it all my life, it really, I never really owned it. And that night, went to my room, um, my little room in Venezuela, and I knelt down and I prayed and I said, Lord, uh, if you are real and you exist and if you hear me, I just want to say thank you for dying for me. And just then, the love of God just came pouring down my soul. It just cleansed me of my sin. I felt so light. And I wept for hours, and all I could think of was just that He is real. He is real. And I was never, ever the same. It was such a wonderful moment of my life. I will never forget it. Um, but after that, I did find a church. Actually, it was 
the same group of people that started uh, Cornerstone way back when in the 1980s. And um, they helped me grow in the Lord, especially they helped me grow in trusting in His Word and not in His feelings, in my feelings, because my conversion was so emotional. I really needed to learn to trust God at His Word and grow in faith, not because of what I felt, but because of what He says in His Word. So, yes. That's excellent. Thanks for sharing that. That's a wonderful testimony. Um, all right, well, let's jump into the questions. And my first question was, I just wanted to know what motivates you to show hospitality. I mean, you three um, are are wonderful at this. And as an example, tonight they brought treats and like tea and flowers. So <laughs> anyway, um, but um, I just want to know what motivates you to show hospitality. And actually, Veronica, you had put a definition of hospitality in your answers. And so I wanted you to start with that, with your de that definition you wrote, because I thought it was good, and then answer the question, what motivates you? Well, I, I looked it up just because I like to look up definitions. Uh, so it's the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. So what motivates you to do that? Well, I come from a Latin country, and we Latinos love to have people over. It is just embedded in my blood. My dad was best example of it. Um, pretty much uh, the way that uh, Latinos are, they just show up. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even call or ask permission. They just show up, and that's just very much part of the culture. Uh, just hear a knock, and here's somebody visiting you. And it was not so much about a big dinner production. It was more like, let's just have some fruit in here, and let's just sit around, and let's just catch up, let's converse, let's have fellowship. So after I got saved, you know, I saw hospitality in the Bible in many examples, and how some even entertained the Lord himself, you mm. know, and angels, and uh, just Jesus showed up, and so I, I saw that it was such a great ministry for opportunity, uh, um, uh, time for opportunity for ministry. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth? Yeah, I just, in thinking about this, I keep going back again and again to 2 Corinthians, where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And I just have experienced the comfort of the Holy Spirit in my afflictions, first in uh, rescuing me from the affliction of my sin and in, in bringing me to salvation and then every affliction since then, just experiencing comfort from the Holy Spirit of God. And so I want to be like that verse and extend comfort to others because I've been the recipient of so much ongoing comfort from the Lord himself and from my friends in the church family, who the body of Christ, you know, who have comforted me and continue to in my afflictions. And um, so really, I'm motivated by a desire to see non-Christians come to know the Lord and for Christians to be stabilized in a very unstable and sin-fallen world. Mm -hmm. Emily? 
I think when I think of hospitality, I think about welcoming people in, and that's really what the gospel is, welcoming people into knowing God and um, knowing uh, be, knowing his children, being a part of his family. And so um, I think of Genesis 12 where um, God blesses Abraham, and he blesses him to be a blessing to the nations. It's not that um, he may, brings him into this covenant to just you know, pour out all these riches and keep it kind of in the family, but it's meant to go out, um, just kind of what you were saying, Elizabeth, to go out to the nations. And so we have this call as Christians to look outward and welcome people in and pass on what we have and what we've received. And so I think about, um, think about that and how it plays into hospitality. Those are great. Those are all very good motivations. Um, I just wondered if, if, you have a particular favorite way. I mean, there's so many ways to show hospitality, but I love hearing how everyone's different in this. So Emily, what's your favorite or preferred way to do hospitality? I think I like to do a lot of stuff in my home. Um, so just having people in for dinner or, um, just different church groups. I used to host a Bible study, um, for people to come in. And so whether it's something really formal, um, and, and consistent or just like one time game night, um, just to make it kind of fun and relaxing, um, just drawing in a group of people. Well, you know, like you said, there's a lot of varieties of hospitality and um, a major calling in my life in this season is just the daily hospitality required to lovingly care for my family. And I think it's really important and I just want to make a stable home that blesses my husband and my kids and I want to feed them food that makes them healthy and happy and I just love that role. And it's very demanding, and it requires a lot of my time and energy in this season. Um, But we also have a heart for our community and strangers and our church family. And so most days after school, we have neighborhood children in our home or in our yard, and we just love being a Christian home they can come to and just feel joyfully received. And and I consider that a special hospitality and honor to do that. We host large groups twice a month, like high schoolers for Brenner and middle school girls for a Bible study potluck, which is super fun. And then um, we have a tradition to invite people at Thanksgiving who can't make it home or don't have a place to go. And that's become a special memory for loving strangers. And it actually started because we had broken family situations ourselves and, um, Mike didn't want to take our children to them, so he decided we'd start our own thing and just bring others who might be lonely together. Veronica? Well, I um, I prefer spontaneous with smaller group of friends. To me, there is nothing better for the soul of a woman than to have friends come and share life with. I think serendipity happens. The Lord shows up, and um, it's just a wonderful time. I love the times when we gather ladies. Everyone brings a little something and we can catch up. I particularly enjoy the helpfulness part of the spirit of hospitality. There's just a way that you can um, open doors to help someone. You can go in someone's house and knock on their door and offer the hospitality of help. Or you can open your doors and bring somebody into your world and they can help you. And that way you can just have that aspect of hospitality that is is helpful and it serves one another and you can share life doing those kind of things so Mm, I thought of another thing 
Um, one other thing outside of the home um, that I have found in my current job, um, so I oversee a lot of what happens in the office that I'm in, and that's a huge context, just like home is kind of a context for you, um, just thinking ways that I can make it inviting and welcoming for the people who are under me. Um, so whether that's pulling together a potluck lunch or having some type of fun activity or just even my coworkers noticing like what's going on in their life, um, what are little things that would bless them, things that they enjoy, um, or just ways to take notice um, and be interested into kind of what's happening in their world. Yeah, that's great. Because, yeah, all hospitality doesn't necessarily right. take place under your roof. Right. So, and yeah. Veronica just really excels at that in her season of life, going out from her home and taking, you know, the love of God that's there into other people's mm-hmm. lives in other communities, into homes of people in her care group. And I've been a huge recipient of that and very blessed by that. Mm, very good. Um, well, I, I wanted to hear um, ways that the hospitality of others has impacted you. So, um, Veronica. Oh, my goodness. That. Well, like I said earlier, my dad, he was such an example of hospitality with just everyone. And um, they would come home and then they would try to get up and leave. And he would say, what has bothered you? Why are you leaving? <laughs> Stay. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, he was always an example of how to be hospitable and how to make people feel welcome and at home. Um, when my husband was in the Navy, we moved quite a bit. Um, and moving is always hard because you have to readjust. And there was a particular lady in California that just reached out to us. She was older. She was a Christian. And she just welcomed us into her her life. And... Uh, taught me to cook several things, provided me with just counsel and just that I will never forget her. And um, um, in in the church, this church is incredibly hospitable um, as a church and is full with people that love to be hospitable. Um, an example of hospitality was Elizabeth while she was doing her home remodeling. Um, she met someone in the dog park and she didn't think twice. She invited her into her home and invited me to talk to her. And uh, and she didn't even have a kitchen. And she was being <laughs> hospitable. <laughs> and I thought, like, that's just wonderful. It's just, you just, it doesn't matter the state of your home. You just kind of bring people in and let the Lord and the Spirit do the, the rest. Well, um, one person that's really impacted me is my grandmother. Um, She was a Christian, and I got off the school bus every day at her house as an elementary school student, and I received her comfort daily for so many years, and it just blessed my life. And I felt safe there, and that she was happy to see me. And... And then for the last 23 years, like I said, every other week, I've received the hospitality of my community group leaders' wives. And one of them is sitting right there. And um, she's just made a profound impact on my life by her example and her care. And when I come into Veronica's home, I feel loved there and I feel accepted. And just the things these two experiences have in common for me is how much the person extending the hospitality just makes you feel wanted. And when I think about these homes, I think about the person's face and about their embrace. 
I don't think about the fashion of their home or how good the cooking is or um, but it's just the image bearer that comes to my mind and impacts me. And um, the size of the space never matters. Like my mamaw's place was very small and she had lots of people in. So it doesn't matter the size of the house or like Emily saying, apartment or classroom or office or your car. All of these places of hospitality um, can, can be wonderful accepting places on the inside if the people in there are being comforted by God mm -hmm. and they're happy to see you. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes. That's yeah. Well, listening to you guys talk, I had kind of thought about two really surfacey examples, but just thinking like, just seeing my mom um, open her home and the way that she seeks to really just want to bless people. And again, not having to do something really impressive, but just thinking, you know, what does this person love? Like what would would bless them, what would make them feel cared for, um, I think has just kind of created that vision of warmth. Because just like you described, like it's not necessarily all these little details, but it's just this experience of warmth. Um, but the other two examples I was thinking of is just, I have a friend that whenever I go to visit, it's so silly and it's not even like the, you know, the main enjoyment of being with her, but she just knows my favorite drinks or you know, well, hand me coffee right when I get up in the morning, just like simple things of feel loved, feel cared for, feel known. Um, and then another example that happened recently, I was at a, just like a gathering, like a little party for someone um, with some ladies from the church and uh, Casey Bradshaw came up to me and it wasn't her house. And I like, we know like who each other are, but we don't like have a relationship or interact a lot. And she just came up and like put her hand on my shoulder and was like, Emily, hey, like I didn't realize you were here. It's so good to see you. So glad that you came. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she said anything else to me that night. Like we just <laughs> didn't interact. But there was just this sense of like, you're welcoming, like you're noticing a person and you're genuinely like acknowledging them, calling mm -hmm. them by name. And so it was just sweet. Like mm -hmm. I don't know why it struck me. But I just thought, this she's just welcoming, you know? And I mean, I talked to ever, other people there. They were just as welcoming. But just that sense of, um, yeah, like someone stops and notices you mm. and, and calls you by name, mm. I think is is really, really powerful. Yes, that's not surfacy yeah. at all. <laughs> that's great. Um, well, now it's time for truth time. So what are your biggest mm -hmm. challenges when it comes to showing hospitality or make what makes you not want to do it? What do you do in those moments? How do you speak truth to your heart? So, um, Emily, we'll just go down, down the circle and back up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it takes effort sometimes for me. Uh, of just, um, I'm more of a planner. So uh, thinking through, like, what can I do? Um, am I creating time? Um, yeah, to even add that into my schedule to be thinking outward and thinking about other people. Um, even just preparing things, you know, having people over, um, adding, just adding another thing into your life. It can take time. Um, it can be hard because sometimes people, like relationships are messy and sometimes people are hard to interact with. Um, you know, people are different from you. And I think that's one thing about hospitality. It's not just inviting in the people that you know really well and that you're comfortable with, but it's looking out and inviting people that are different from you. Um, and so that just, you know, I'm not like a super extroverted person, so that can be challenging and draining for me. Um, 
So just there's like a sense of like a cost to it, but there's a value to that cost um, that makes it worthwhile to push into that. Um, And I think one specific thing is I can be really good at the administrating and planning of a way to like bless someone, but especially in gatherings, I'm not very good at carrying out the conversation or like being in really large groups. I would prefer like small groups as well. And so that's also challenged me to include other people in helping me being hospitable. So if I am having a group of people into my home, um, yeah, inviting other people to help you where you're not as strong and kind of seeing it as a community effort, it kind of, it sweetens the community, but it can also take um, just some of the pressure off of you as well. Um, But encouragement, I think, is, uh, there's a couple of verses in Matthew. um, Matthew, let's see if I can pull it up here. Um, Matthew 16, 25, um, where it says, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so I think there's a sense of, you know, laying down your life and getting outside of yourself, um, that there's this command in scripture and there's joy to be had there. There's life to be had there. Um, And in Matthew 16, it talks about um, laying up treasures in heaven um, and not just um, building treasures here on this work or here on this earth, um, being protective of what we have. Um, I think that's it speaks to the value of people um, that we're pursuing um, and just yeah the effort that we're putting into that. And then the last verse that really stuck out to me was Philippians two four, where it says, "Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourself." Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So I think that just goes back to welcoming people in um, and kind of looking out of how can we spread this blessing that we've received from God. I wish I was more like Emily mm-hmm. <laughs> in her gifting of administration uh, because, oh my, I just, when people come over, it's like I'm having to get their help to figure out where to put things like where would you put the food buffet? <laughs> Where would you place the forks? Like, I just feel so scattered in my mind. And, and I really want the people to be there. And I've anticipated it all day or all week or whatever. And yet, I just not gifted in like an orderly mind, you know, um, I would rather just sit and just talk with them the whole time. And so I'm learning how to be a servant by trying to grow and be more effective at the planning side and, and it's hard for me. It is just not easy. <laughs> um, but I, uh, you know, I thought about tiredness, laziness, selfishness, a lack of love for others, too much love for myself, self-pity. Um, and someone recently said, uh, you can't get rid of the self sins by focusing more on yourself. <laughs> so the, the, the cure is to get my eyes off myself and do more hospitality, you know, love my friends and, um, but I just think preaching the gospel to myself, honestly, when I'm experiencing these temptations to just not do hospitality because I'm tired or lazy or, um, I'm just reminded Christ died for these sins. You know, he paid for these and I'm not anymore under the law of sin and death and, and he's broken the power of that in my life. So I can say no to those temptations um, instead of give in to them, 
and and then I end up reaping all the the rewards of the joy of the fellowship and the evangelism that takes place and the discipleship in our home, you know. So it's like a, a twisted thing for me to believe those initial temptations and lies that can rob rob me of wanting to do it. But once I turn the corner of, you know, remembering the good news of the gospel, um, then I end up being the recipient of all the good, you know, yeah. <laughs> when I'm the one serving I get to be the one who's who's blessed too by by, and that's just the way the Lord works you know he just takes us who we are in all of our weaknesses he works in our life and ends up blessing us through it and it's it's really amazing you've chosen the better thing you know Mm -hmm. like Mary and Martha you've chosen like you want the, the communion the fellowship and Oh, Martha's pretty like, important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she she got to get the food is, on the but, table. But Jesus told her only one thing is necessary. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, um, if people say that I may be hospitable, but I, I am certainly. My husband would tell you I'm the world's greatest procrastinator, and so because I work well under pressure, <laughs> I have, I have always counted on that last minute stroke of energy and, and some and the people say how did you get all this done in the last hour <laughs> my problem now is is that I don't have that kind of energy anymore and I run out of steam so my procrastinating really catches up to me especially with a care group <laughs> so uh, God is kind and gives me some people that come in earlier and do the a little bit of help so I think um the temptation is to feel alone in my hospitality and to complain, like Martha, to Jesus. And, um, and um, the Bible says, be hospitable without murmuring and complaining. So um, just to remember that it's not about the clean house and it's not about having everything ready, mm-hmm. but it's about being ready in my spirit to receive mm-hmm. people and not be flustered um, that it's not getting all done so that checking my heart of where am I right before guests are about to walk in the door it's like just drop everything and it's okay if those stains in the floor are there it doesn't matter they're not gonna see them anyway <laughs> there's so many uh, walking around that it's just people won't notice those things at all um, and um, just to prepare my heart but yeah there is a great temptation of feeling kind of overwhelmed by it at times um but you gotta trust the lord with those things good Um, well i just wondered how your hospitality has changed over time like especially as you've gotten more experience as you've gone through different seasons so veronica what would you say (laughs) yes i'm the oldest here (laughs) and wisest up and down the line so oh how does it change i think honestly it has it's less than it used to be. Um, as we have age, I think we're just um, we're just not as hospitable as we once were. With with just spontaneously, for sure. Um, but I I think um, our hospitality right now involves care group mostly, and just uh, preparing and doing things for care group, and then. Um, praying for the people in our care group and following up and just kind of really reaching out to them and loving them, being hospitable in that way and just trying to bring them to a relation with us. Um, 
And I think it's much simpler now. I don't worry so much about the little things that, you know, you see Pinterest and table settings and I have this picture in my mind of what I want it to look like and I can get very frustrated that it never looks like that. So I just have to remind myself that it's just, that's just not the important thing at all. It's just, um, it's just reaching out, making people feel welcome and wanted and, and that's the focus. Well, you know the term fear of man. Well, I have the fear of cooking for man. <laughs> and I'm serious. <laughs> Once I made a meal for a friend who just had a baby, and I knew she liked red velvet cake. So I made her one, and it was a box mix with canned icing. But it looked so good, and I lacked self-control, and I sliced a piece out of it and ate it <laughs> before, I, before I took it to her. And somehow I justified this act in the moment. And, and then I had no container to transport it in. So I put it in an oversized, translucent, purple popcorn bowl without a lid. <laughs> and I carefully drove it to their house with a pot of chili or something, like seat belted in. And then when I got there, my husband saw what I had there. Just, he laughed. He just laughed out loud at me. And I was so embarrassed and um, humiliated as I served them an already eaten cake in a big popcorn bowl. And that was nine years ago, and I'm still embarrassed. I, whenever I think about it, I just blush. If I'm home alone, I just blush. And, and so that's kind of like my baseline. Anything better than that, I'm encouraged, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> That's a great snack. Yes. Um, well, I think for me, it's just changed with each season, probably like for you guys, just with what you're able to commit to um, and just kind of what's going on. And so there's been times where I've had to, to back off and just not feel guilty for that when there's other responsibilities coming up. Um, there's times where I have to be humbled and accept hospitality from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important too. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it, like before I had a home, because I think, I think often we think about hospitality being in the home, but before it was going to other people and kind of trying to get into their life enough that it wouldn't be weird if I like folded their laundry or mm-hmm. like got into their cabinets mm-hmm. and maybe I knew where things were. Um, and then kind of transitioning, like having a home and being able to invite people into a space. Um, yeah, it just kind of presents uh, more opportunities, whether it's formal or informal, um, providing a place for someone to spend the night. Um, and I think also doing it longer, you just have more thoughts of how you can just randomly like bless people or practice hospitality, um, or even just like have things on hand. So, you know, if you have just like quick ingredients or ingredients for a really quick meal, um, or having paper plates on hand or something like that, or, um, I've started to collect some toys here and there. I have nieces and nephews that are in town. And so just small things like that, Mm -hmm. you can just start to think ahead, Mm -hmm. um, and then just kind of be there for the moment whenever it comes. Um, well, the last question I had was just, could you share a favorite hospitality moment or story where you saw good fruit, um, and just felt the pleasure of God as you showed hospitality? Um, Emily? 
Um, lately, uh, with my home, um, it has been inviting other people in who need short-term places to stay. Um, so at Christmas, my roommate's family was able to stay in our house for a week. So there were like four extra people in there besides us. Um, and it was just really sweet. I think it blessed their family. I think it blessed my roommate. And so it was just fun to be able to have the freedom of, yeah, come fill up the house and just not really care that things were out of sorts for a week. Um, and I've been able to do that with some other people for just short-term um, places that they've needed, um, have an opportunity coming up with someone I actually don't even know. Um, so just kind of considering, mm-hmm. you know, what would that like be like to bring that person in and get to know them. Um, and then I'm also uh, very excited about the opportunity to work with Safe Families, which is um, an organization um, across the U.S., but um, here in Knoxville, reaching out to um, moms or families that need some respite care for their kids kind of as a diversion um, into foster care. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited about those moments. And it's just kind of been, yeah, those moments inviting people in and giving them kind of a place of shelter and safety. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. That's good. <clears throat> I was reminded of um, a guy named Robbie who came to Thanksgiving and spent the whole day loudly telling us all that he was not a believer in Christ. He was coming to VFC just for the friendships, and he was not a convert. And my kids were kind of shocked, um, but he kept reiterating it all day with a big smile. And so he was endearing, and you better believe the Pluniac kids got a burden for Robbie and no one had ever made it clearer to them that they were not a Christian. And then um, the next year, Robbie came back to Thanksgiving, and he talked the whole day about how now he was a true believer in Christ. (laughs) And we all celebrated all day long as he told us his testimony again and again, and this time filled with the deep joy of the Lord. And then a few years later, we got a gift and a letter from Robbie's parents going on and on about what a home away from home we and our church had been to Robbie. And it was so meaningful and just realizing we did very little and God did it all. And we were the blessed ones to get to see God at work. Oh, that's a beautiful story. I love that. I think uh, for us... When we first were married, we lived in a, and it was in um, a student, medical student, we lived in a tiny little apartment, it was like 600 square feet. And the church in Memphis had asked us to host a missionary from um, Costa Rica. So she came and and spent several days with us as she was raising support. And we were so blessed and ministered by this lady. that we felt like we just such a sisterhood with her. And um, after that, we just enjoy having people that need a place to stay, that are missionaries. We usually host um, some um, um, people that come and work for a pro-life movement that comes to Knoxville, and they stay with us and have great fellowship with those young ladies every time they come. So I love hosting strangers and... I, I like to, uh, and Andy does too, to uh, tell people, you know, like, make sure if you come by Knoxville, you know, feel feel welcome to stay with us. Hotel Douglas is a good deal. <laughs> and, um, and others have done that with us, and we have actually taken advantage of their 
offers. So when we have travel, we kind of try to say, well, who lives around mm-hmm. here that we can mm-hmm. just come and and fellowship with? And, and recently our, our daughter did a marathon and a friend of Andy's um, told him, you know, months ago, like, if you're ever near Charleston, come stay. And so we did. And we had a great time of fellowship with them and um, got to spend the night at their new home and just really enjoy that kind of fellowship. So it is good to open your home. I mean, it's, for us, it's been good to open our home to tell people. And we love it when they take advantage of that uh, offer and uh, and vice versa. You know. Good. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing. And uh, both your example and your words were encouraging and helpful and inspiring. And I also wanted to recommend a book. Um, it's called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. It's by Rosaria Butterfield. And it gives just a beautiful and compelling vision for hospitality and what it can look like. One caveat is the book is pretty bi- autobiographical, which is part of what makes it great. But it's very easy to be intimidated um, and overwhelmed um, in the way she does hospitality. Um, but the point is not for your life to look like Rosaria's. Uh, she has a ton of gifting and grace that few will be able to imitate. But her passion and the heart behind her hospitality are biblical and they're attractive. And I think anyone who reads it will be inspired to stretch themselves in a good way. And so again, that's The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. And I have to end by just thanking the women of CCK mm-hmm. for their faithfulness in this, this area. As Veronica said, the ladies in our church just excel mm-hmm. at this. And there is regular hospitality going on every week in the life of our church. And it just really pleases the Lord. So most of the people who listen to this should just be encouraged mm-hmm. by what they've heard um, these ladies say. So thanks again, ladies, for sharing. And thanks to everyone who listened. I don't know, a month ago, (laughs) Veronica had a bright idea to start the buffet line going in two different directions. No, 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 explain this. What it was, I have a center island that is rather, you know, it's it's a good size. So we always, it just takes so long for people to go through the buffet, which I had this bright idea. Well, so we, we gave plates away to everybody and we asked people to just go into a dish, just go to a dish and then move clockwise. And I am busy doing other things. And Elizabeth says, Veronica, we have a problem. And I'm not kidding you. The buffet line had not moved. <laughs> they got stuck. I know this is going to be hard to explain. It's like you had to be there. But they got stuck and could not move. Nobody could move. And it was literally, it could have been 10 to 12 minutes of them all just humans standing around a buffet. And they didn't know how to move. They didn't know how to proceed. Because every single food item, was, someone was in front of it. So nobody could move forward. I know it's really hard understand but I was dying laughing so hard I like almost chipped my tooth on Veronica's entry table because it was so funny nobody knew what to do and then Julie Julie didn't say people 
take one step to the right. <laughs> and she was calling out, you know, countdown to take your step. And then we had all these Hispanic people there and they were like, what is going on? Like, is this how Americans do things? It was just the it was most... a fiasco. It was a fiasco. Finally, I, I think someone had to like step away right, from the yeah, table to make a space. Into the line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That it was, was awesome. Hospitality bloopers. Right there. <laughs>